Magandang umaga po sa kanilang lahat. Magandang hapon din sa mga nag-afternoon service. And wherever you are, in whichever part of the world, salamat po for joining us in this online worship service. My name po is Pastor Jojo Baldo, and we are from Lighthouse Christian Community. Lighthouse is just one of the many churches that compose the bigger body of Christ. And we are here to be of service unto you, to make you feel how loved you are by our Father in heaven. And so, if you have any prayer requests, just feel free to drop us a note in the chat box below or send us a private message and one of our leaders will promptly respond to your request. And of course, to my Lighthouse family from all over the Philippines, all over the world, sa Lighthouse regions, we are praying for you, especially po sa kapatiran natin ngayon ay sinalanta at Patuloy na sinasalanta nitong series of typhoons na tumama at tumatama sa ating buong sambayanan. I pray that the grace of the Lord shall always be your sustenance. Hindi po kayo nakakalimutan ng inyong mga kapatiran. To our Citygate family, through the leadership of Pastor Sam Sadi, salamat for always tuning in with us. And of course, to my Lighthouse Alabang, you are always in our prayers. And yes, Although pinayagan na po tayo ng IATF na pwede na raw mag-gather ang mga churches up to 30% of its sitting capacity, sa leadership po ng Lighthouse, we still have reckoned that it is much safer, safer for us, at least for the moment, habang wala pa pong bakuna, to maintain the way things are. We cannot afford to expose anyone to this virus, which is still very much active moving around so many people and community transmission is still very so much is still so much high and so i pray that as you worship the lord in the comforts of your own home you'll find connections with our community through our zoom prayer rooms through your discipleship groups or by private messaging your pastors you know my name in facebook or even my cell phone feel free to contact me and we will be so happy to pray with you and to pray for you. Today is equally important because today is All Saints Day. Mantakin niyo po yun. November 1 na po. Just another 30 days, December na, Pasko na po. But today we pause for a moment to realize that November 1 and November 2 are two very important days, not only for Filipinos, but for Christians all over the world. I have been asked by Many people, Pastor, does Lighthouse observe All Saints Day and All Souls Day? And I say, yes, we do. Because historically, um, All Saints Day has been started by one emperor in the Roman Empire, Emperor Phocas. When he became a believer, he thought that there had to be a day, one day in the year, when all the martyrs that gave their lives for the sake of the faith in the first three bloody centuries, when the Christians were very much persecuted, Emperor Phocas thought that there had to be a day that all these saints that never reneged on the faith, yung mga santo na hindi nila kailanman isinumpa or tanilikuran ang pangalan ni Jesus. And so through Pope Gregory, they decided that November 1 would be one beautiful day to look back and remember the works of the martyrs. It was in the 10th century that another day was added. Now we know it as All Souls Day. 
so that not only the martyrs would be remembered, but this time, even those ordinary people who died in the faith. And I believe this is a very important tradition that we need to keep. One of my lessons in church history would feature Tertullian. Tertullian is one of the church fathers of the first century. And he said that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Yes, they were fed to the lions. Yes, they were crucified. Yes, they were burned at the stakes. And yet, never did they turn their back on Jesus. Polycarp the martyr was one of the church fathers who was really harassed and tortured and even put in the stakes to be burned alive. His torturers only had one condition. If you would turn away from your Jesus and curse him, you would be freed from all these pains. And Tertullian would say, for 86 years I have served him and he has done me no evil. How could I curse my king who saved me? And with those last words, he was engulfed by flame. And he was ushered into the very presence of God. And that's why Hebrews chapter 11 would tell us, referring to the martyrs, to the saints of old, that others were tortured, but they refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. Oh, the world was not worthy of them. It is important that even as we are now separated by at least 2,000 years, we look back and we still hear their whispers egging us on, encouraging us to never give up on the faith. That's the beauty of All Saints Day. And when we honor those who have passed on before us, we remember that death leaves a heartache no one can heal, but love leaves a memory no one can steal. Many years back, this famous Filipino artist by the name of Arnold DePano visited us here in Lighthouse, if you remember that, Lighthouse people. And he sang for us this song, Dakilang Katapatan, Great Faithfulness. And I have never stopped singing this song from that day forward. Ang isang awit na nagsasabing, Dakilang Dios at ang kanyang katapatan ay tunay magmula pa sa ugat ng ating lahi. I have asked one of our brothers, one of our singers in the Levites ministry to sing this song for us. This is Brother Ron Quinones. Brother Ron, thank you for saying yes to this. And as he sings this song, let us worship the Lord. Sadiyan kay buti ng ating Panginoon Nagtatapat sa habang panahon Maging sa kabila ng ating pagkukulang Di 
Yayan yay patuloy nalaan Katulad ng pagsinag ng gintong araw Patuloy siyang nagbibigay Kaya sa puso ko't damdamin Katapatan niya'y aking pupurihin Dakila ka o Diyos, tapat kang ang tunay Magmula pa sa ugat ng aming lahi Mundo'y magunaw man maaasahan kang lagi maging hanggang wakas nitong buhay Kaya O Diyos, ika'y aking pupurihin Sa buong mundo'y aking awitin Dakila ang iyong katapatan Pag-ibig mong walang hanggang Tapat kang ang tunay Magmula pa sa ugat ng aming lahi Mundo'y magunaw man maaasahan Kang lagi maging hanggang wakas nitong Sa habang panahon Katapatan mo'y matibay na sandigan Sa bawat pighati tagumpay man ay naroon Daluyan na ang pag-asa kung kailang ay hinahon Pag-ibig mong alay sa akin noon hanggang ngayon Dakila ka Dakila ka Dakila habang kayo nasa mga bahay ninyo. Salamat, Brother Rom. Thank you. I met Brother Rom in one of our marketplace ministries in one great company. He's in uh, Pioneer Adhesives where he serves as one of the top executives. And yet, thank you, bro, for giving your time. I know you're working from home. Nakikita ko ang katapatan ng Diyos sa buhay mo. Maraming salamat, kapatid.
Let us pray. Panginoon, ang awit nito ay nagbibigay sa amin ng inspirasyon. Na ang inyong katapatan ay hindi kailanman nagmamaliw sa buhay ng inyong mga anak. Bigyan niyo kami, Panginoon, ng regalo ng perspektiba so that we have this habit of looking back and honoring those who have gone ahead of us. The martyrs, the saints, our loved ones that proved faithful after the very end of their days. We remember them, we honor them, and our lives today, Lord, we pray, will be exemplary lives that will honor their legacies. I pray, Lord, for every Lighthouse family and for every person watching the service today that as their hearts now commune with the memories of their loved ones that have gone ahead of them, that love shall always be in their hearts. For we remember your faithfulness, Lord. Dakila ang inyong katapatan magmula pa sa ugat ng aming lahi. Papurihan kayo, Panginoon. Luwalatiin ang inyong banal na pangalan sa pangalan ni Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Today, we are starting a sermon series for the whole month of November, for the entire five Sundays of November, we're going to launch into a sermon series entitled, Filled. How it is to live the Spirit-filled life. Kung merong isang karakter na makikita natin sa buhay ng mga saints, why they were able to face such daunting threats that even to the extent of laying down their own lives, they went to that extent. It is because they continued to be filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that power was enough, that grace of the Spirit was enough to hold them, even when they're looking at the flames of the stakes, even when they were looking at the wild beasts, even when they were being put to the sword, they did not let go of the love of God that was in their hearts. Why? Because they were filled. And so sa mga kapwa-Kristyano, this is a good challenge for all of us. We are now living at a time and a generation where money, men, methods seem to be the rule of the day. Kung may tsura ka lang, meron kang financial muscles, you have the network and you have the net worth plus You've got the gift of eloquence and intellectual capacity. For them, these are just the tools. These are the tools that you, that you need to succeed in life, whether it's business or personal life or sadly, even in ministry. But we are now seeing in our generation a time when our hands are so full of activity and yet our, our hearts are so empty. We are now seeing in our generation where there is so much to do and yet nothing seems to get done. When we have so much time for so many other pursuits in life and yet we have so little time for God. I remember a song that we would sing in church. A song that would say, we pray on Sunday how much we need revival. 
And yet on Monday, I can't even find my Bible. And the song says, oh, where is the power? Where is the power of the cross in my life? We need Pentecost power. We need the power of the Holy Ghost to imbue us with such strength and with such grace. To know that life is not getting any easier. If the lives of our martyrs, of our saints, of our church fathers, if, if those lives were hard, the Bible promises and the Bible assures us that it's just going to be harder in the coming of days. Especially now that we are living in the eschaton, in the last days. Persecutions will even be greater. And that Christians will be sidelined. And so we need more than ever, my friends, the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And so why don't we declare this? Right now you are in your homes. Iklara po natin ito ng malakas ng malakas so that the four corners of our homes will echo and resound this declaration. Shall we? Ready. The fruit of the Holy Spirit inspires my actions. The wisdom of the Spirit guides my decisions. The power of the Spirit sustains my life's decisions. I am filled by the Holy Spirit. Panginoon, salamat for this. If you have now your Bibles, kindly open your Bibles now to the book of Galatians. We will be reading from the fifth chapter. Let's start with verse 13. The Apostle Paul would say that we were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Freedom is the gift that God has given us through the finished works of Jesus Christ in the cross. The Lord had to bridge the wide chasm between heaven and earth, became obedient even to the point of death, the most shameful death on the cross. For what reason? So that we who were once enslaved by the power of sin, by the dominion of darkness, could be set free. And maybe you're here and you're watching and you can already know that the Holy Spirit is talking to you. Once you lived a life, a life that was at odds with God, you were an enemy of the Lord. But when the Lord invaded your heart, when the Lord called your name and you responded by faith, to the finished works of Jesus Christ. You know and you know, from that day on, you have been set free. You are now free to say yes to God. And so the Apostle Paul was just reminding us, our freedom, the freedom that we now enjoy, is not for us to have the opportunity to give opportunity of the flesh. But it is now the freedom so that through the grace of God, we can now freely love one another. That's the very reason, mga kapatid, Kung bakit ang Panginoon ay namatay para sa atin so that through the redeemed Christians, through the church of Christ, we can continue on this great mandate of the Lord that began from the time of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve was cre were created by the Lord so that they will multiply and fill the earth. With what? With a community of love. Because love is the essence 
of our God. Adam and Eve fell into sin. And yet the Lord's love never ceased. He called on Abraham. And with Abraham, he covenanted so that through Abraham, the nations of the world will be blessed. It is a covenant of love still. Moses came and gave Moses the covenant of the law. For what? So that through Israel, the distinct chosen nation of the world, through Israel, there will be an exhibit of a community that practices love, justice, and righteousness. And Jesus Christ came and died for us in the cross and gave us the grace of salvation. What for? So that we can love one another. Love is the manifestation of the Spirit in our lives. But, the Apostle Paul would say, if you bite and devour one another, you will be consumed by each other. The Word of God is always teaching us this pattern. We call that juxtaposition, right? Ipinagtatabi ng, ng salita ng Diyos ang masama at ang mabuti, ang kadiliman at ang kaliwanagan. So that we can choose which one would we pursue. So verse 16 would say, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Maliwanag ang pagpapaliwanag ng apostol na si Pablo. Na kung ating susundin ang pita ng laman, we will not be obeying the will of the Spirit. But if we walk in step with the Holy Spirit, we're going to gratify that spiritual divine nature that is in us. Now, just so the people would not be left guessing, ano ba yung works of the flesh? Verse 19 would enumerate some of the manifestations of the works of the flesh. He says, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, Fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It is obvious mga kapatid, ang taong nabubuhay sa pita ng laman, ito yung mga bagay amongst many other things that will now manifest in his life. Starting from idolatry, worshipping other gods and goddesses, to sorcery, to tapping into the dark powers of the evil one, to community destructions, enmity, jealousy, fits of anger, to personal destructions, drunkenness, envy, and things like this. And the, and the warning is always, is always clear. People that practice this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, oh, salamat na lang at merong malaking subalit datapwat ngunit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now take note mga kapatid. It doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. 
It is presented in the singular form. Isa ang bunga ng badal na spirito sa buhay ng mga mananampalataya. But that fruit manifests itself in different virtues. And those are now what we call the fruit of the Spirit. Nine of them. If you practice love and you exhibit joy and peace and patience and gentleness and self-control, there is not going to be a law that will ever be written against this. When you live by the nature of the Spirit and you put into death the passions of the flesh, the desires of your depraved humanity, you now allow the fruit of the Spirit to truly bloom and blossom in our lives. And then the Apostle Paul would say, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So doctrinally, it is sinasabi ng ating theology that when we receive the Lord into our lives, right there and then, the Lord made efficacious. The Lord made effective what we now call instant sanctification. You did not, you did not need to do anything to contribute to the finished works of Jesus. Now that you live by the Spirit, you have been sanctified. You have been made holy. Ginawa ka ng banal ng Diyos. Sa mata ng Diyos, hindi na ang dating makasalanang ikaw ang kanyang nakikita. Ang nakikita niya ay ang kabanalang dulot ng pagbuhos ng dugo ni Kristo sa iyong makasalanang pagkatao. And yet, doctrinally, we also subscribe to what we call progressive sanctification. That now we live, now that we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Meaning every day, the sanctification of God in our lives is not a one-time thing. If you'll just be honest, my friends, you still struggle with sin. If you'll just be honest, as I am being honest before, before you right now, I have received the Lord, I have walked with the Lord as far back as 21, 22 years ago. And yet, even until now, now that I am a pastor, Sin still threatens to destroy me. And I confess that every so often or every now and then, I would give in to that fleshly calling. But I thank God that the Holy Spirit is ever alive in me, that the conviction of the Holy Spirit is so quick and so powerful that pulls me back to the righteous path of the Lord. So there is this command. Manatili kang lumalakad kasama ang banal na Espiritu. Do not ever be conceited. Meaning, do not ever come to the point when you will now say, Ah, napakabanal ko na. At ako'y napakabutin at napakabait. Perfecto na ako at wala na akong kasalanang pwedeng magawa at makamit sa buhay neto. That's conceit, my friend. Be very, very careful. Because provoking one another, envying one another, is still so much part of your fallen humanity. And so, we ask the fruit of the Spirit to manifest in us. All of this, nine manifestations your pastors will preach on for the next coming Sundays of November. But today, I'd like to focus on the first, and for me, the most important manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit, and that is love. Because our reading today says, if we're going to summarize the law of God, it's going to be summarized in one word. And that word is love. So may we pray and may we aspire that every moment of our lives we are filled by the love that is the fruit of the Spirit in us. 
Now, where did this start? How did this happen? How do we allow the fruit of the Spirit called love to start growing and blossoming in us? Let me take you back to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, chapter 1, started with a narrative that the resurrected Savior was communing with these otherwise discouraged disciples. The disciples were very much remembering the ignominy of that crucifixion Friday about 50, 60 days ago. And they were afraid that even though Jesus Christ was already resurrected before them and having meals with them and explaining to them the scriptures, still fear had a grip in the hearts of the apostles, the first century apostles. What exacerbated their fear, I believe, was that Jesus Christ could not stop telling them that the day is soon coming that he would ascend to his Father in heaven and they would see him no more. And so the Lord Jesus Christ promised them that they would never be left orphans. The Lord promised them the coming of the Holy Spirit. He said, no worries. Even though I go, you will never be left alone because I'm going to send somebody that will comfort you, that will teach you, and that will walk alongside you in every moment of your life, the paracleto, the Holy Spirit. But maybe the disciples still did not get this. The apostles were still so much consumed by their own fears that in Acts chapter 1, they could not stop asking the Lord, Panginoon, ito na ba yung oras na itatalaga mo ang karyaan ng Diyos dito sa mundo? Is, now, is this now the time that you will establish the very kingdom of God? Now, many Sundays ago, a few Sundays ago, Pastor Sam Sadi talked to us about the eschatological urgency. Maybe because of their fears. The disciples or the apostles were saying, Lord, please, kung aalis ka rin lang, isama niyo na kami, Panginoon. Or kung mananatili ka, Panginoon, Pasimulan niyo na po ang inyong karian sa mundong ito. So that we would not have to face the jeers, the contempts, the persecutions that you foretold would happen unto us. But Jesus Christ said to the apostles, It is not for you to know the times or the epochs which the Father has fixed by His own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Jesus Christ seemed to be saying, guys, you still are not getting this. You still want to escape this world, huh? Gusto niyo talagang sumama sa akin. But the very reason I called you, the very reason I told you, you're no longer going to be fishers of fish, but you're going to be fishers of men, is because I have a work to do. I already finished that. I already concluded that. But there is this inaugurated kingdom. Pinasimulan ko na ang aking karian sa mundong ito. And guess what? You are now going to be my instruments. You're now going to be my extended hand in this part of eternity so that this community of love that they envisioned since the time of Adam and Eve and Abraham and Moses and now by the covenant of grace, this community of love shall now be realized through you. 
You are not saved just so you can enjoy heaven. Pastor Chuck and Pastor Albert would always remind us in their past sermons na kung yun lang ang kadahilanan kung bakit tayo ay sinasalba ng Diyos. Di dapat sana nung tayo ay naging kristyano nung nasave tayo, dapat sa altar pa lang, boom, na heart attack ka na. And now you would be in heaven in the presence of God. But why are you still alive? It's because we are to be witnesses of the Lord. We are to tell the world from our own back yard, from our own front yard, from our own neighborhood, our own Jerusalem. Now we will extend the testimony to Judea and to Samaria and now even to the remotest part of the earth. But the Lord gave them a warning. Don't ever move. Uh-huh. Not even an inch from Jerusalem. Don't move until you're endowed by the power that comes from on high. The Holy Spirit is a need, a must of every believer. And that's why in Lighthouse, we do not submit to the cessationist theology. The theology that says the works of the Holy Spirit already ceased after the first century. If life then was hard, life today is harder. If they needed the Holy Spirit then, oh, we need the Holy Spirit now. The Holy Spirit never ceased. He is the third person of the triune God. He proceeds from the Father and the Son. And the Holy Spirit is our reason for being. He's our dunamis. He's our power in everything that we do. And so, Acts chapter 2 came. And Acts chapter 2 would now show us the power brought by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descended upon them like, like tongues of fire. And you know that account, Pentecost Day. They started speaking in tongues. And Peter, the reluctant Peter, the Peter that was afraid, the Peter that was so filled with remorse because he denied Jesus, this same Peter, now filled by the Holy Spirit, stood up and he started preaching his first sermon. Before the people who were there celebrating Pentecost Day, which is a great holiday amongst the Jewish people. And Peter, endowed by the power of the Holy Spirit, preached his heart out. And the Word of God would say, when they heard this, meaning when they heard the preaching of Peter, all the people were pierced to the heart. And they said to Peter, brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent. And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So again, my friends, in, uh, in theology, we call it pneumatology. This is the theology of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is part of the package when you receive the Lord. When you receive the Lord, number one, you repent of your sins. Number two, you receive the forgiveness of the Lord. And number three, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a side note. The Holy Spirit is not a footnote. The Holy Spirit is not an afterthought. The Holy Spirit is part of that which the believers have to receive when we truly bask in the salvation that God has given us. Because the Holy Spirit is our power. And the Word of God says, with many other words, He solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. And so then, 
those who had received this word were baptized, and that day they were added about 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer, and everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. You see, thus the community of love was birthed in the first century. When they were endowed by the power of the Holy Spirit, people who came from different races, Gentiles and Jews alike, people who probably were scornful of the Christian message, started coming together with the apostles. And they started living in this commune that was characterized by love and unity and power. The Lord's word was coming to reality. And of course, it says, many signs and wonders were being exhibited, were taking place through the apostles. Now, Acts chapter 2 does not give us a clear explanation of what kinds of signs and wonders happened. And so let's go to chapter 3. Let's look at the acts of the Holy Spirit. And let me say this. The acts of the Holy Spirit that commenced in Acts chapter 3 were acts of love. Ang pag-ibig ng Diyos, ang ibinabahagi at ibinahagi ng mga apostoles nung panahon na yun. So let's go back to an account in Acts chapter 3. Just for us to make alive, to come alive how the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, truly grips our heart when we receive the Holy Spirit and His infilling in our lives. Acts chapter 3 records that one day, Peter and John were going, were going up to the temple at the time of the prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple, the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Now let's stop there for a while. Here in this account is a picture of human tragedy. This is the backdrop against which the initial, the first miracles that the apostles did, now in the absence of Jesus but with the presence of the Holy Spirit, the first miracle that they ever did. So the account would say that there was this lame man lame from birth for 40 plus years he would go to that gate called beautiful for one reason so that he could beg so that he could have his sustenance for the day and for me the life story of this layman is both literal and symbolic literal because it was an actual tragic illness that made him lame but symbolic because his narrative also echoes the narrative of many people. That includes you, and that includes me. You see the setting? He was begging in, a, in the gate called Beautiful. It's called the Nicanor Gate. It's one of the biggest gates in, in Jerusalem. It's where people would transact their business. It was probably laden with bronze and gold, and it would glimmer in the in the light of the sun and it is just a sight to behold but irony of ironies in the midst of this beautiful sight lied a man that was lame from birth a man who felt nothing who felt worthless a man 
who had probably been abandoned by his very own family. A man whose tragic life betrays the beauty of this gate where he would find himself day after day. So this is symbolic, my friends, because in, in the many years that we've been ministering, we have seen people that though outwardly, they may seem to exhibit a beautiful life. That sometimes as ministers, we sometimes have this prejudgment. Hindi ko na kailangan sigurong share ng gospel dahil mayaman. Guapo, maganda, ang ayos ng pamilya. Parang walang problema. And yet, you see, my friends, if there's one thing common between the imperfect people and the seemingly perfect people, it is this. We are still humans. And we are still subjected by the pains and the imperfections of this life. And the darkness of this depraved generation, as Peter would term it, has engulfed the souls of many people. But many of us, if you'll just be honest, my friend, you have mastered this art of projection, of projecting a seemingly perfect life. But blessed are those that really come to the Lord with such honesty and openness. Blessed are those that would admit that he needs help from God. Such was the case of the paralytic. When he saw Peter and John coming in, he started calling to them, begging for money. And here's my first point for today. That the love-filled ministry builds up, number one, expectancy. For this layman, he was used to that kind of lifestyle. He would call on, he would tug on the clothes of the passers-by. He would always make a scene so that mapansin lamang siya mga kapatid at kung man lang mag-drop ng one dinari or one coin or whatever bill or whatever food, that was it. Yun ang kanyang mission sa buhay. And the account in this third chapter of Acts would say that when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And then Peter looked straight at him as did John. Now this is a very important part of the narrative. Because for this man who had been there for almost 40 years of his life, begging since his childhood years, now he's an adult. He had been accustomed to a life where nobody would even look at him. Nobody even nobody would even notice him. He has now become he had now become a commonplace thing in that particular part of the beautiful gate. People would probably just, by force of habit, drop him anything from coins to food. But to look at him, or more, to talk to him, that never happened. Or maybe that seldom happened to this paralytic. But Peter said, look at us. And so the man gave them his attention, and the word is expecting that he would get something from them. Because that was the worldview that he had, this man. Pag merong pumansin sa kanya, mm-hmm, kakausapin ako, siguro malaki ang bigayan ngayong araw. But that's one step in faith, mga kapatid. Expectancy. The Word of God teaches us that when we come to Him, we've got to have faith. For it is impossible to please God if we don't have faith. For one who comes to him, the book of Hebrews 11 would say, would first believe that he is and also would expect that he is a rewarder of those that would diligently seek him. And now that expectation was aroused, akala niya, pera ang ibibigay sa kanya, 
Another is this, that the love-filled ministry brings forth healing. And the account continues that Peter now would talk to this lonely man. He said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, I give unto you, that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. The expectancy thus aroused, the expectancy and faith thus built up. Peter uttered these words that addressed the real need of this person. Psychologists would tell us that there are always two kinds of needs in a human being. The felt need or the perceived need and the real need. For this crippled man, his perceived need was always about material things. He gave up altogether any hope of healing, of being made whole. He gave that up many years back. Lame, paralyzed. There's no chance for him to be healed and to be made whole again. But Peter and John addressed the real need. And that's why they said, that which you're asking from us, we will not give that to you today. We have none of the silver and gold. But what I have, what we have, we share unto you. What we have is the power of the living God. What we have is the healing touch of this resurrected Savior. What we have is this love coming from the Spirit of God that is now filled, infilled in us, and now we share unto you. And that's why in that moment of faith, they pronounce, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And you know the rest of the story. Health came back and his feet and his ankles became strong. My friends, we cannot give that which we do not have. And that's why the command to be filled continually by the presence of the Holy Spirit is an imperative that will never waver, that will never wane in the passing of days. If we are going to be instruments of healing in the lives of other people, especially in times like this, when not only physical illnesses have beset a lot of people, but mental troubles have come. Financial woes have come. Worries and anxiety level has just reached such cataclysmic levels in the lives of many people. But if we do not have in possession the power that can come only through the anointing and the move of the Holy Spirit, we cannot even presume to touch and bless the lives of other people. If we think it's just about our mastery of the English language, abay, pwede ka na maging preacher, Inglesero eh. Nope. If it's just about your capacity to build a physical structure like this church, then meron ka namang milliones at billiones, and therefore you can start a church, you're wrong. Because it's not about the physical thing. It's not about the gold and the silver. It's about the inhabiting of the power of God in you if you're going to make a difference in the lives of other people. And that's why today, even as we speak healing unto those that are infirm, even as we speak healing and wholeness to those that are being shattered by these COVID times, we don't presume that it's coming from our own power. It is only by the anointing 
and the presence of the Holy Spirit that all of these can happen. Which brings me to the third point. A love-filled ministry spurs rejoicing. That's the manifestation when people's expectations are raised and people's healing is received, rejoicing comes. This layman started to jump to his feet and he began to walk and he went with them in the temple courts, walking, jumping, praising God. Oh, my friends, this is the affirmation that the Holy Spirit gives us whenever we operate by His power. We cannot concoct joy. We cannot invent rejoicing. It is an offshoot. It is a product when a person is so filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that all the weight of your sinfulness, all the weight of your filth, all the weight of your infirmities have been lifted and cast away. And now it's now the power of the Holy Spirit filling you. There is rejoicing that comes. A new song is sung. Celebration times come to the community. And a love-filled ministry results in amazement. People cannot help but be amazed, my friend. And that's why when all the people saw him, meaning saw the paralytic now walking and praising God, oh, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And what happened? The people who beheld this were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is the imprint of a Holy Spirit filled ministry. People see it. It's not just an intellectual ascent. It's not just your mastery of the confessions of the church. Oh, we can have scholars memorize all of those confessions of the ancient church. As important as they are, the imprint of a Spirit filled ministry is that it creates amazement. It's something that supernatural that miracles can and still will happen in the church of the Lord it is something that when it does happen when the natural laws of physics are suspended or overridden by the supernatural power of God even the lame could walk the blind could see the dead could rise the infirm could be healed an amazement is now resultant is resulted or amazement results out of these miracles that now happen. And lastly, why does God allow this to happen? Because a love-filled ministry brings out a testimony. Because the great commission of the Lord to the apostles and to the present-day saints, tayong lahat mga kapatid, is that we shall be His witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even up to the remotest part of the earth. The Lord allows the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit, the manifestations of the gift of the Spirit, so that the believer, the child of God, and that is you, you are now given that platform from which you can share your testimony of who God truly is. And so Peter stood up when people were now asking, how did this happen? Peter said to them, Oh, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Verse 15, he started preaching. You killed the author of life. 
meaning Jesus. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him as you all can see. That's how you test if the move or the miracle was really spirit-led, spirit-authored. The Holy Spirit has one mission in life, and that is to glorify the name of Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit allows the supernatural event to happen so that once again, Peter could be catapulted in the second platform, his second sermon. And now he had this lame man and people were amazed by the miracle that had happened. And Peter started pointing the glory, not to the layman, nor to Peter, but he pointed them to Jesus. The same person that you killed, but the same Jesus whom God has raised to life. The same Jesus in his name, this layman, has now been made whole. Jesus, the author and the perfecter of life. Whenever the Holy Spirit moves in us, it is to give us a chance to testify about the goodness and the majesty and the power of Jesus in our lives. So may we be filled with love. To know that as we are filled with love, we are here to give love to others. That love is not just for our own self-aggrandizement. It's not just for our own self-comfort. As much as God wants us to be comforted, but we have been comforted so that one day we can walk alongside others who are suffering and share with them the same comfort that you have been given. Healing. We can speak that to other people in the name of Jesus. Expectancy. We can arouse us. We can, we can expect, we can raise that amongst people. And amazement will result and point to the glory of God. And there will be great rejoicing when people see the miraculous happening around us. And all of this is to produce a testimony that will result in the glory and majesty of Jesus.